You are about to enter another dimension where you will not be able to change the channel. Welcome to the Commission Guys Roadcast. You have just sashayed yourself into our zone. We are in control of what happens here. Enjoy the show. Guys, welcome to the Combustion Guys Roadcast. And we're driving. And we're driving. So we're on the road. And so we're podcasting on the road. So, Todd, you were looking at some Chevy trucks recently. Yes. And you were reading a bunch of cool stuff on their engines and also the different packages and all that good stuff. What was the most interesting thing that you found on that? I was looking at um, talking to a friend who has a, uh, a 2015 Sierra mm -hmm. with the uh, L83 V8 and the, uh, the six-speed transmission. And uh, he was really, he's been really impressed with that truck. And we, when he takes his trips up to North Carolina, sometimes he'll get 20, 21 miles to the gallon. That's pretty good. Um, you know, out of that combo. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Big half ton four wheel drive truck. You're yeah. getting 20 miles to the gallon. That's, you know, that's impressive. You know, probably won't be able to quite see that out of the, uh, the Suburban with the, the 5.3, and 410 gears so right it's like oh let me research this out only thing is with the l83 um is the uh displacement on demand or the active fuel management where it drops down to four cylinder mode right and you know overall uh that seems like it's been working pretty well but i've been listening i've been researching and you know Craigslist and everything, talking to some customers. And even when the Chevy first started this with the trucks, which was uh, 07, they've been mm -hmm. doing it since about 07, I think, especially for the 1500s and the uh, Suburbans, Tahoes, Yukons, etc. And also you have Dodge that has uh, similar technology with their uh, Dodge Durango and other vehicles as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, I noticed, you know, a lot of people would advertise, oh, we got a Suburban here, 200,000 miles. Uh, engine's been replaced at 60,000 uh, because the mechanics didn't diagnose it correctly. And the engine just blew up and, uh, or ran out, you know, started with some oil, which is blew up. And uh, I talked to a customer, same issue with him was that the engine just it blew itself up. And then I got watching, uh, you know, some Faster Prom. Starting to put all these piece to, pieces together. And when uh, Jeremy at Faster Proms bought Uncle Sam, the issue was with that motor was the DOD, and that the lifters had stuck and it ran itself low in oil and ruined the engine. And even with the uh, the L83, the new engine, that's still an, itch, an issue. And they use that same technology on the new 6.2, which is L89, L86, one of those. So like, well, you know, that's uh, not really interested. And you can look at some videos and pictures of how the blocks are manufactured to be able to run that 
uh, you know, have the, the cam deactivate because each of those motors has a special cam. And if you eventually either rebuild the motor or you know you decide, hey, I don't want to mess with this uh, displacement on the demand jump. Right. You know, I don't want to have an issue with the engine blowing up. Then uh, you know you can rebuild it, and you've got to put in these little these little screws in the top of the block to block where you know the oil squirters would be. Mm. If if I watch that episode of uh, of Jeremy's correctly, so. Um, so at first it's like, maybe I'll, I'll, you know, probably just stick with the uh, the tried and true, um, you know, the simpler 5.3s. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a few ways. Say if you do buy a brand new, uh, you know, Silverado with this motor, what you can do is a few things. There, one option is about two hundred dollars, and it hooks right into your uh, OBD2. And there's a bunch of videos in this, it's called Range. And it's specifically for uh, tricking the computer into thinking that it has, uh, or taking away the V4 option, literally. Nice. And uh, so it leaves it in V8 mode all the time. You can watch the videos, and I've talked to a few people, and there's really, there's not that much of a, a, a fuel mileage uh, decrease, decrease? Okay. by uh, just switching it to full V8 mode. Because, I mean, think about it. When you put it into full V8 mode, it's going to be, it knows it's in V8, mm -hmm. so the computer is going to get used to running in V8. If you're switching back and forth between V4, V8, oh, V4, V8, yeah. now the, the computer is going to be kind of set for that, so you can still get optimum, but still, if you just switch to V8, once the computer memorizes that and learns your driving style, you're going to get a better, uh, you know, bunch of cool race cars here. Oh, yeah. Nice. They work on. But yeah, you're going to get, you know, decent mileage if mm -hmm. that's what you want. Uh, and another big thing with those L83 trucks is that if you do a lift kit or you move up to, you know, 33s, 35s, etc., it's not going to go into v, uh, V4 mode anyways because mm. there's more... Uh, demand or drag on the motor and uh, you know and it kind of corresponds my hypothesis is a lot of these trucks have had um, um, complaints about the transmission stuttering <laughs> and my friend he had the uh, he had started having issues with his and the diagnosis was bad torque converter huh. now I've been running 4L60s for a long time at work and the issue with those is that if you're in drive and you're towing, it's always surging once you get to a cruise speed or you're hitting a grade. It's trying to, it's going in and out of torque converter, in and out, in and out, and eventually it burns up the torque converter is one yeah. of the issues with those transmissions while towing. And uh, from a little bit that I read and talked to people, you've got the same issue with that V4, you know, say you're going down a, a mountain grade in the, uh, uh, Blue Ridge Parkway, well you hit V4 mode. Well then you're having to go back up, well you gotta be back in V8 mode. So you're in and out of V4, right. V8, V4, V8. And so, and then it, you know, so you got that, that interesting extra friction yeah. with the, uh, uh, the torque converter because the power's down, but then the load becomes more. You know, so my theory, I don't, I don't know if it's accurate, but it seems like it fits, is that the, uh, some of the torque converter issues and the overall comfort of the drive 
of your new L83 truck with the six-speed automatic, a lot of that discomfort is just because of the uh, the load demand on the transmission going from V4 to V8. Mm. And a lot of people mention that once they either you know tune the vehicle, because you can use HP tuners or you know, several other groups to actually tune it out of your vehicle, which which my friends had done. And uh, you know, so that that eliminates you get the full power to the transmission. You know, so you're hitting the grades or whatever, and there's less hesitation, there's less friction, there's less uh, fighting to, to keep the engine in torque converter or in lockup. So, you know, it's still a great engine. You know, it's uh, direct injected, uh, so it's an amazing engine. Right. For being only a 5.3, I think it's 355 horsepower. I, I think it's 6,000 RPM. Yeah. Thereabouts, and then I think the uh, the torque was 370 or 390 at like 5,000, 4,500 RPM. So great, great motor. You see a lot of people uh, like Mark Stilo with the uh, with all the Camaros. Mm -hmm. He's done. Um, um, he bought a let's see a box Chevy 80s Blazer. He put an L83 and the uh, the six speed into that blazer, lowered it, and he just cruises around in that, you know, patina uh, blazer. And it looks awesome, it really looks awesome. So, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of options around the uh, cylinder deactivation. And truthfully, if I buy one, um, you know, I'll definitely either tune it out, probably tune it out. Uh, the range had a couple little glitches here and there. Sometimes it had to be updated. And for the price of the range, 200 bucks, Compared to having uh, the uh, just having it tuned on Valley Road, yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. Hidden Lake of her in destination. <laughs> thank you. But yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of good options there for that motor. So I think we'll cut it right there so we can get our direction. Alrighty, yeah. But yeah, pretty interesting uh, stuff there. So hopefully. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just thought that was some amazing stuff, though. So, anyways, we'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll come back to that in just a second, guys. All right, so we're back, Todd. And so, uh, also, you'd uh, notice with the uh, yeah. cylinder deactivation, with like um, the Dodge charges as well, seem to be having about that same problem as well. Yeah, so. it's weird because when um, when Dodge came out with the Hemi again, and then they stuck it into the uh, the. Magnum and the 300C, right. they also had the active fuel management or DOD, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. drops of four cylinders. And um, I'd be looking at Craigslist and it's like, oh, well, here's a Magnum. Oh, it needs a motor. Oh, this Chrysler 300 needs a motor. And, um, you know, I'd have to do a little more research, but my synopsis is that is that the uh, same issue on those motors is just after enough wear and then no no care uh you get the issues where the motor just starves itself of oil and seizes up so uh, that was another thing i guess it's good to just keep talking yeah when uh, when people mentioned uh on the the l83 motors mm -hmm. once they get to like 60 70 thousand miles the motor would start using more oil right and once they put it back to uh 
uh, did full V8 mode, one guy on a forum said, oh yeah, you know, I'm not using a quart of oil every 6,000 miles mm. now. So it just requires, if you're gonna do that V4, it requires a lot more oil. So as the vehicle ages, you're going to, um, you're gonna to need to be checking your oil. You're gonna be needing to add the oil so that you don't have any major issues. Mm. And depending on your driving style and your driving conditions, all of that could kind of culminate to uh, possible issues with your motor. So also as a buyer, more than likely, if you're gonna just buy the vehicle and keep it for a couple years, right. you're not gonna have any of these issues. Correct. But if you're gonna buy the vehicle used, whether a Chrysler or a Chevy with the, the AFM DOD, you're gonna to need to be really careful uh, and do your do some homework uh, before you buy one of these vehicles. You know, understand this a little bit better for myself, I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm not gonna look at buying a billboard. I'm gonna I'm not gonna look at getting like an 07, 08 suburban or etc. with a hundred and uh, you know eighty thousand miles because I don't know what those lifters are in, what shape that cam's in. With one of the the 2000 to 2006 suburbans, 230 thousand miles. The mine I bought at 226 thousand. No issues with it. Mm -hmm. You know, trains might be a little bit worn, uh, but there's no issues with that, that engine. Maybe a little bit of that, the knock that you get on cold start with those motors, but nothing major. But I would be concerned uh, to just go buy an 08 or a uh, Or anything 13. new already, right? Exactly. I wouldn't, I don't think I would buy one of those engines, uh, Suburban, with one of those, the, uh, the cylinder deactivation engines. Right. I would not buy that. Uh, with 180,000 miles. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. So, which is, you know, something you wouldn't think mm -hmm. about per se, um, but I, I think it'd be kind of a big risk. So, while that direct injection is an amazing thing, yeah. and for the most part, the benefit of that is for fuel economy, Correct. so that GM's gonna be able to keep their EPA level, uh, which those standards aren't going to be as strict now, thankfully. Um, For a little while, anyways. Yeah, yeah so. and we understand, yeah, considering the states. Right. So, but I think that's kind of interesting. And <laughs> it kind of all clicked for me. I'm like, ah, that's why you see so many Chryslers and, uh, and Magnums and, and yeah. Chargers. <laughs> like, yeah, it needs a motor. Like, well, yeah. So, because you originally um, thought it was just... Um, the I Hemi was just wasn't as built as good as an LS. Yeah. But it's more of Go that. for her! Oh, don't want to hit the Hey, buddy! Good, Miss Keep Hemi. going. Yep. He was moving pretty good. For me, for a turtle, he's moving a pretty good clip. Yeah, that was good, so. Once you get them in direction, mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyways, too, so yeah, I mean, so cylinder deactivation seems to do that. Yeah. So while well, it's cool technology, maybe hasn't reached the peak of its tech currently. Yeah. Yeah, That's so when, say, right? I wasn't necessarily looking to buy a brand new truck per se, right. uh, but I was not going to buy uh, one of those the newer trucks with the L83. Right. I was looking at below fifty thousand. That's all. I was going to have to spend more, uh, but that's as high mileage as I was going to go. So that's a lot safer. Oh, and then yeah. I'd probably get Chris tune out the V8 yeah. or tune out the V4 option, right? Uh, just so I wouldn't have the prolonged issues with that uh, that DOD option, so. 
I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing per se. We just kind of talked about the negatives. Right. Uh, but if, if you've got one and you're going to keep it for a while, then you know, just be, and if you don't really want to tune it, you know, just keep up with checking that oil, exactly, listening yeah. for any funny sounds, making sure you use the correct oil. Here's another thing too, mm. is that um, um, those motors require a specific oil uh, from, um, Well, let's go back here. A specific, specific type of oil, not the go. oil from California, but a specific oil. Get hmm. that Pacific, Pacific. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There Anyways, the oil that those motors require um, has to be a um, Dexos, D-E-X-O-S. It has, oh. you know, your bottle, whether it's um, uh, Mobile One or Castrol, it has to have that Dexos uh, label on it because that uh, oil is specially uh, formulated for the L83 engines. Oh, interesting. And I think it ends up being like a, um, a 5W30 or a 030. Something like that. Yeah. So that's another key, uh, key feature. another uh, puzzle hmm. to uh, keeping your L83 running well if you're going to keep the cylinder deactivation yeah so that oil is very important and then if you're going to keep it you know upwards of a hundred thousand miles making sure you check it more often and uh, you know this is real this is real good for any lifter tab anything right. weird you know because stop and go traffic you know, that's probably going to be an issue that's going to be real bad for it. And if you're going to buy any police Tahoes, you better watch that too. Yeah, good point. Yeah, because for the island. Right. Because yeah, that, exactly. that was the main issue. <coughs> if you're looking at buying a, a Chevy Caprice police car, if you start looking at the forums, that's usually the issue hmm. uh, to watch out for on those cars is... The, uh, the lifters being bad, running the cam, running the heads because of the DOD. So if you're looking at a high mileage SS or uh, even a G8 and then the Caprice, you got to watch for possible lifter um, issues. So kind of long and drawn out, but that's kind of, um, you know, you got those added features which, uh, you know, make the motor more fuel efficient. And all of those motors are good horsepower, uh, but the durability compared to the old LS motors kind of takes a hit, in my opinion. So also, too, I mean, with that as well, um, do the new trucks have stop, um, stop, start technology? The, where when you stop, the engine cuts off. From what I've been told, uh, the brand new trucks do. The, like so the, right. the brand so, new yeah, so think about this as well. You have cylinder deactivation and then stop in start technology as yeah. well um what's 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 that wear and tear also adding yeah. to the engine itself because i mean are I, I, I get the idea with the stop and stop um but i've heard that there's a lot of wear and tear going on with that as well it's not one of the best features also so most of those engines are equipped with uh better starters as well mm, okay 
so interesting so anyways guys really um todd had been telling me about this stuff and uh, he had been telling me about the dodge charges having all these engine problems and stuff so it was really interesting when he was looking up on this on the truck stuff and uh, also in the dodge charges of why it was doing this and the cylinder deactivation that was fascinating stuff yes, I, I, I was really i don't have a complete understanding right, exactly. of how that works right do some more research but uh, yeah. Just from my little understanding and putting the pieces of the puzzle uh, together, it's like, yeah. oh. So, yeah, I really I really like um, listening to that. That was really good. So, anyways, guys, uh, uh, give us what, what you think about that. If you have um, any insight into this issue, you can leave that down in the comments. And uh, thanks for watching this segment on cylinder deactivation for Chevy trucks, Chryslers, and Dodges. And we'll go on to the next segment here real quick. Alright guys, welcome back to the Combustion Guys Roadcast, and uh, just got done finishing talking about the uh, cylinder deactivation, that was really good, uh, check that out on the YouTube video, sorry uh, that's going to be, yeah sorry about the road noise, but uh, check that out, that was really good, I really enjoyed listening to that, and so uh, let's talk about NASCAR, should we, oh should we, Indianapolis, that was actually some fun racing. I remember watching um, some of the racing from the other Indianapolis last year where you didn't have the new aero package. Oh. I liked, um, I mean, with this aero package, you had about the same um, issue as po the first Pocono this year, where it was you had really good restarts, really good restarts, but then once you got done with about four laps, it was a drive away. So you had that same issue, but still, with the um, restarts, I thought it was some really good racing that was going on, really cool. And so also I missed the first part of the race, so I, um, so I had to go back, watch some clips, but uh, watching Newman in the first stage, he finished um, sixth in the first stage. Oh, wow. That yeah, was some amazing good. racing from Newman. I was really impressed watching that that was some really good racing going on there also too you had the spectacular crash of Eric Jones and Brad Kozlowski Brad Kozlowski ended up in the uh, tire wall pretty rough wreck but he walked okay. away so that was really cool yeah but uh, really I thought it was a pretty good racing better than um, last year's um, um, I think Eric Stepp did a pretty good video about this talking about how maybe they need to add a um, grip strip with, which is what they did for the second Pocono race. They added a second strip higher up on the track, which is uh, like the glue at the um, drag strips and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. They add that to some of the tracks, so it's a multi-lane um, track oh. instead of just a one-lane track. So uh, if they add that to Indy, I think that might help out. I don't know. But uh, definitely saw improvement with the second Pocono race with that. So maybe if they added that to um, Indy, you might see a little bit more competitive racing. Yeah. I don't know. But um, overall, I thought it was a really good race. Um, I also missed out on the humongous wreck in pit lane. Oh, yeah. I saw the clips of that. I was like, wow, that was that was a rough wreck, guys. I mean, I, I, and uh, even Bubba Wallace got messed up in that, and he still was able to come up, finish third with some damage. So, that I mean, was amazing. Yeah, that was uh, really cool racing. I thought overall, 
Um, really amazing racing uh, for the playoff contenders. Um, obviously, uh, Jimmy Johnson driving underneath William Byron. Just, um, yeah, when you drive down that low on Indy, um, knowing this from Real Racing 3, I've raced on that, you lose grip because that front uh, front uh, left tire it's uh, it just it makes it just throws you off once you get down below set the, that line and you just lose the rear end so he just wow. he drove down a little bit too far um, William Byron didn't really give him much room and he just wiped out unfortunately so that was a rough end Close. to his um, hopefully he can get a win uh, later on this year that would be kind of cool I mean yeah, yeah. Um, I just uh, personally I didn't want to see him um, get a eighth championship beat um, Petty and you know, I didn't want to see that not not anything against Jimmy just not wanting him to break um, the, the the old guys to break the king break the intimidator didn't want to see him do that but uh, yeah hopefully he can get that win he says he's doing really good with his new crew chief so we'll see how he does um, later on this year so what's so, his future old you said um, so he's retired in 20, oh, uh, not retiring 2020, but his contract with Hendrick Motors is up in 2020. So possibly he could get that re-signed, or he could potentially go into Indy and do some racing over there. That'd be so, interesting. Yeah. So not sure, not really sure, but definitely after 2020, his contract currently with Hendrix will be up. So we'll see what all goes on there. If he um, leaves, who would take his spot? You think? Yeah, I'm not really sure who would take his spot currently. Christian um, No, I wouldn't say that. Um, one thing, I think Hendrix, uh, with, with, with what's going on this year, with Cookbush going to Chip Canassi in the one, Ryan Newman in the six, what you've seen is that going to a all-rookie team oh, yeah. um, set up for these teams hasn't worked out so well. But being able to bring a veteran into the team with the equipment, with the knowledge of what's going on with the car, how it should be set up, being able to help the uh, younger drivers get some more insight into how maybe they can switch their racing to do better. Um, just watching that with like Kyle Larson and Kirk Bush and then Ryan Newman and um, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Just watching that going on this year, I think he would probably try and find an, another um, free, free veteran to be able to take that um, seat. Yeah. It's just what I would think. Um, I, think I mean, maybe not long term, but short term, I would say you'd probably do that. Is my Good thought. Idea. I mean, he could bring on um, someone brand new, but um, I would say he'd probably bring in another veteran. Um, for at least a short term in the 48 if uh, Jimmy does leave. So interesting stuff on that. Um, also, Matty D, he's going to be driving for Wood Brothers. Yeah. That's going to be cool. So I'm excited to watch him. I think he has what it takes um, to get some wins. I think he can really do it. I mean, uh, uh, his I race at Bristol was really good. good. Yeah, Palmenard did pretty good. He's retiring from full-time racing. He might be doing some uh, racing here and there every once in a while, but done full time. But uh, nice that Matty D can go over, fill that um, spot. So I think he'll do uh, Bernard will do any media, like uh, news. I, I don't news, think so. I don't think that is where he would feel comfortable at. Just watching him, I don't think. But maybe, maybe I'm not sure. Um, 
He just he hasn't um, from what I've seen he does seem like the guy that would do that but as I said I don't know. You might do that. Um, but yeah, I mean Maddie D racing for Wood Brothers, that's gonna be cool. Um, and also Eric Jones got his contract fixed, so he's staying at Joe Gibbs. Oh, so cool. that's that's nice. Um, Christopher Bell. So where could he end up? That's mm. so there's the seat over at the 95. That's open, and I believe there's going to be another team, another Toyota team that's going to be open as well. So one of those that both um, Joe Gibbs affiliates. It's going to be right, interesting right. to watch what goes on um, there. But uh, then also, let me see, what, what else was interesting? Um, Roval's coming up. Yes, the Roval, that's gonna be a lot of fun. And isn't the uh, the weekend that Indy was, isn't that Daytona next year? Correct, so, um, so the weekend Indy the, and, and Daytona, yeah, Indy and Daytona, they're swapping out their um, spots. You're also gonna have Homestead next year in March, I believe, so that's gonna be interesting. Also, well, it'll be the final race, or is that the The final race will be ISM uh, Speedway in Arizona, gotcha. which that's a really that's cool a track. track. Yeah, like because you track. have the multiple grooves. You also have that way down on the apron turn, like which is that. so much fun to watch. I like that track. That's yeah. so much fun to watch. Um, so that's going to be cool. Um, so let's see. Heading into Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Um, definitely Kyle Busch and Kirk Busch. Um, track um, yeah. Ryan Newman not so good at that but Newman's a little bit better at like Richmond and also at the Rovals so we'll see what he can do there you also have Glenn Boyer Eric Amarola all those guys who don't really have um, extra points extra playoff points so they're kind of on the lower rung so it's going to be interesting I'm going to is still there I think I think he sold it oh, good but anyways, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to watch the playoffs coming up here. So, uh, and also, too, NASCAR switching their uh, sponsorship model uh, as well. So what they're doing with that is um, you're not going to have the official insurance of NASCAR. Um, supposedly, it would be like Gecko, the official energy drink, which would be Monster, and uh, stuff like that, um, which um, I think is a good idea from the standpoint that um, it makes it more sponsor friendly because right. you don't have like monsters flipping the big bill right now. <clears throat> so if Monster can say, hey, we don't have to pay this big bill, and then Gecko and then the other sponsors say, hey, we don't have to flip the big bill either, we can have this smaller sponsorship and be able to still have like the race sponsorships here and with the cars over there. We're not spending as much money, but yet NASCAR could potentially get a little bit more money um, sponsorship wise. So I think it's a good business idea going forward. Um, but there was something on my mind and I totally lost it while I was talking about all that. That was really interesting. Um, hold on here a second. Um, oh yes, 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 here we go. Well, that's not the correct one, but it's one anyways. Uh, what? Who do you think will be at the final at Homestead and win? Who do you think will be there? Mm. See, only four drivers get to get there, and who will become the champion out of those four? What do you That's think? tricky, because I forgot how that worked. Yeah, I forgot about the final four deal. Yeah. Because oh. right now in round of 16, then we go to round 12, right. then round of 8, and then finally round of 4, which is Homestead. So. I forgot about the basketball thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think Kyle Busch will be in there. Yeah, I'd say so. Unless something uh, happens with his engine um, consistently. But I don't, yeah, he's pretty good, so. 
like to see Kurt Busch in there, but that's kind of iffy. Right. Who's who's in there again? I gotta remember. Right. So you got Ryan Blaney, you got Ryan Newman, two Ryans. You right. got um, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Chase Elliott. You got Kurt Busch, Kyle Lawson. You got uh, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Eric Jones, Kyle Busch, um, Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, Eric Amarola, and I'm might be go might Kyle. be someone else. Kevin, Denny, and one of the Aarons. One of the Aarons? Eric's. One of the Eric's. Eric's. Okay. Is Eric Jones and Eric Amarola? Yeah, which one do you want on that? I'm going to say Jones. Jones? Alrighty. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Jones That's can my do guess. Yeah, I think Jones will kind of be there, but I'm not sure. Um, Hasn't been consistent this year, but I mean, with that grin at Donington, definitely seems like he's coming in at a higher note. Yeah. So I'd say he might be able to do that. Kevin um, Harvick's been awesome. Kevin Harvick, well, earlier this year yet. he wasn't so good. He was winless for a very long time, but then he started winning during the middle of the year. So he's um, he's been able to um, build up again. So I, I think he'll probably make it. I'm not really seeing Brad Kozlowski or Joey Logano currently just because Joe Gibbs keeps pushing him around quite yeah. a bit. They've been pushing him way back there for right now. Um, definitely Kyle Busch. Yeah. So Kyle Busch, Eric Jones, Kevin Harvick. I'd like to see Newman, but I don't think he's going to be able to make it all the way to the, so. the fourth unless they just constantly wreck out. So I think he might make it to the round of 12, but uh, that's about as far as I'd say he'd get. Um, Clint Boyer, he might, might get there, um, but I really doubt it. But definitely, um, this is his contract year, so contract-wise, it would look good for him at Stuart yeah. Haas if he can get to the final four. So that would definitely help him out. Um, Chase Elliott, he hasn't been that good this year. I mean, Watkins Glen win, that was pretty good, but he hasn't. Got in, though. Yeah, but he hasn't been consistent. Um, Alex Bowman, he hasn't. He's got his first win this year, which is really cool. Um, hasn't been that consistent either. William Byron, uh, definitely don't think he'll do it he, unless he suddenly starts winning. Um, but don't think he's going to make it. Um, but Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin, I've kind of been surprised by how good mm -hmm. he's been this year. So I think that he's probably a very good possibility. And um, yeah, I can't think of anyone else who's really been good. So I'd say Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, and um, Eric Jones. Well, I don't know, Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch might do it because he's, he's, he's had a pretty good year. So I'd say Kurt Busch is going to kind of be in there. Um, Kyle Lawson, he might get um, pretty far, but I don't think he's going to get to the final four. But, yeah, uh, yeah so either Kurt Busch or maybe Eric Jones. One of those two, I'd say, would be in the, the four. So, yeah, yeah definitely going to be fun to watch that. And yes, then, uh, oh, now I remember, Bubba Wallace oh. in his third place finish. Yeah. That, that was, was cool. that was so cool. So, de he definitely looked... Definitely looked really good that race. So I was I really, so. really impressed with how well he looked. Um, he said that the car was simply awesome, so that was amazing for him. Um, even with getting involved in a wreck, yeah. he still was able to get a third place finish. So that was really cool. Didn't really like barely, that. Didn't he barely miss the one with uh, Jimmy Johnson? Uh, That's 
looked like it was pretty close. No, that was Newman who, who barely missed oh, okay. getting uh, Jimmy Johnson. I think I think um, Bubba might have been close, but definitely uh, Newman was really close yeah. to that wreck. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just really impressed with Bubba Wallace. I think he was too. Doing, oh yeah, he was really happy. So uh, really glad for him. So hopefully um, that shows that uh, with the new sponsorship money that they're getting, that hopefully they're being able to update the equipment, finally yeah. get that where it needs to be. And uh, hopefully with that win too, showing that it can be a top five car, mm -hmm. hopefully more sponsors will come on board and um, help them out uh, money-wise. That would right. be, right. be really great to uh, see. So, because, um, yeah, I mean, he's really good at like, at, at like Talladega, Daytona, and now Indianapolis. I've really been impressed with how he does with the drafting. He does seem to like the bigger trucks. Yeah, he seems to be really good there. Just um, all that wrecking, unfortunately, always seems to get him um, for the last few times. Yeah. But I really think that on the big tracks, he currently, with his team and how the car setup is going, I think he has really good chances to shine at those tracks. So. Yeah. Um, and we got one more Talladega race coming up. So oh, really? Yeah, so we good. could see a, uh, win. Maybe a win. Maybe a win. I'd, probably, I, I'd say probably not, but I'd hope so. I mean, yeah. just after that, Indianapolis looked really good, really impressed with him, so hopefully, hopefully nice. so, yeah, so. It definitely, definitely looked good for his uh, end-of-year uh, resume, so to speak. Yeah, and also, too, that kind of, for just that instant anyways, it put to sleep the little whiners that he needs to get out of NASCAR and all that stuff. Yeah. Those aren't little people. The only little people down there. Anyways, but that was really cool. Really cool. He was excited, and I and that yeah, definitely really helps. Cool. Um, definitely helps him out mentally. Yeah. Just that, hey, I can do this. It doesn't matter that I, I keep running the 23rds. I can run in the top five. Just gotta get everything fixed up, and exactly. I I can do that. So that's really cool for him. So, anyways, guys, gonna be talking more about NASCAR as we get to the final four. Who do you think will win the Rover? That's coming up well, first. Ryan Blaney was the first guy ever to win it. Oh, that's right. So, I think he's definitely going to try and do that. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., he's looked really good at road courses. Chase Elliott is good at road courses. Um, Jimmy Johnson, the last time, he looked really good until they wrecked. Um, and then also Newman is good at road courses as well overall. Oh, wow. So, so we got a lot of potential. Yeah, so we got a lot of different guys that, depending on car setup, situations, directs, and all that. Uh, it, well, I'm just excited to watch. I, so yeah, I'm, not, I'm not really sure if I care about who wins at this point. Right, it's just, right. I want to watch it. It's just, that is such a cool track. And they've also um, redone it slightly as well. The, oh, uh, really? the backstretch chicane, they've redone that. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if it's to make it more challenging or make it a little bit easier. I'm not sure which one it is, but uh, they've redone that this year. So, anyways, but yeah, I'm excited to watch the Rover. That was one of the greatest. That was wow. It was just good, really good. So that's going to be a fun and and also that iconic finish. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. a, that was a hilarious yeah, finish. So that's going to be fun, guys. Going to enjoy that. And uh, so we'll be talking more about NASCAR later on in the year and uh, see how see how everything works out. But yeah, Kurt Busch could um, get all the way to the final four. That would be pretty cool. That would be neat. Yeah. So anyways, guys, thanks for watching the NASCAR segment. And we'll come back in just a second. All right, guys, welcome back to the Roadcast and Todd. 
Oh What's boy. going on with the Firebird? Mm -hmm. Well, we're currently riding on new rims, newer to us. Yeah. We ought to call this car the um, the uh, Craigslist and eBay car. Yeah, Craigslist. We found it on eBay. Craigslist. <laughs> A lot of the extra parts have come from Craigslist or eBay. Right. So, but we uh, we're running on a, a set of a ZR1 style. Uh, fourth gen f-body wheels it's a zr1 uh c5 or c4 corvette style and it's got the uh, polished lip with gloss black spokes yeah they're 17s by nine and a half so we picked up a, a solid inch and a half of tread width because uh, we're running 275 40 17 tires mm. so it looks Pull the wheels out a little bit. The 16-inch wheels we had, the uh, the tires kind of bulged around the wheel, yeah. which you know was fine. But uh, I really like the way these uh, these nine and a halfs look on the car. Uh, we'll show you some pictures. Probably get some, it'll probably be on Instagram before you uh, watch uh, this. Before you, can, you watch this, yeah. But um, we like the look of it. I'm really. I was looking at more of a, a matte finish with a solid black or gray. Uh, but I, I do like this look. Yeah. So we got the wheels for 400 bucks with two good front tires, and I went and bought uh, Indy Firehawk uh, 500s for the rear, and I think that ended up being like 320, I believe. Yeah. So uh, 720 in tires and rims, which isn't too bad. Uh, I think yeah. it would have been about a grand uh, for everything. Maybe a little bit more. New, right? Maybe all brand right. new. So, um, you know, budget, budget Firebird, budget bird. Yep. So, uh, but yeah. it looks good. Yeah, it really does. Because it really it goes well with the paint, the paint, and also too, it just makes the uh, red caterpillars oh, pop yeah. as well, yeah, which is put. really good. So, really but like yeah, it. Yeah, it kind of gives the car a little bit uh, uh, more attitude. It doesn't look quite. The hood kind of makes it look like we just slapped it together, yeah. which. Is kind of the truth, but yeah. the uh, the wheels blend a little bit better, yeah, and uh, kind of go better with the hood, yeah. Get the hood a better attitude uh, look, yeah. Maybe get it, yeah. What do you want? Yeah, is we it, still need a is finish. It like, yeah, do you want like the black gloss or do you want like the black carbon fiber gloss type? Uh, look, I think I'd be say? fine either way, okay. The gloss black, and I'd like to do the roof as right. well just to tie it in. I think that looks pretty cool, right? Um, like the T-top cars have. Mm, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, well, that'll be a little bit before we do that. But right. uh, yeah, I think it'll be pretty cool. So the uh, car show will be down oh, yeah, yeah. on Canal Street. Yep, that'll be cool. Then also so, too, uh, we now have an extra set of tires. Yeah. And wheels. So what are we going to do with those old tires that still have some life to them? Might use them for. Um, um, clean us some cars Ooh. if we can go to uh, in uh, April next year <laughs> and try doing the uh, burnout contest. Yeah, so. be a good way to, to reuse them. Yeah, recycle them. So that'd be cool. Yeah. So, so we'll, anyways, uh, uh, we'll keep that in mind. Keep, keep, and keep an eye on do. that, guys. Uh, April. So we'll see. And Bear should put a picture somewhere of what the car looks like. Good. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. We'll see if we have one in stock. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's going to be, that'll be fun. Nice trip. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, we got it's a that, good addition yeah. to the car. Yeah, it looks really good. 
and really even with the, without getting it uh, lined and all that stuff uh, well rotated it feels really yeah, good. Yeah, I mean the uh, the rear tires, we bought the Indy 500 tires, uh, yeah. we had talked to a guy at Speed World and he was real happy with the uh, way the Indy 500's worked on his uh, his 5.0 Mustang. Right. What was he, it was like a 13, 14, something like that. Uh, it was before the refresh. Yeah. But he liked them because he thought they were a, a, a better, um, he had the the grip of like a Mickey Thompson drag radial, but it had better um, rain, inclement weather handling abilities than, a than the uh, the Nitto um, uh, drag radial. Yeah, yeah. That's what he was really saying. So I thought, well, you know, that if we go that route, it'll be kind of the best um, best of both worlds. Of course, right. the thing is, I kind of went to the 16s, 17s, because <laughs> I like the way they look. I think they look a little bit better on the car, but then come to find out when I'm shopping for tires that uh, this size is getting harder to find. I'm like, oh. I mean, the 16s are hard enough to find, so that's... Yeah, that's a bummer. You know, just in a world that's going all, you know, 18s, 19s, etc. You know, it's just getting, you know, I have to pay a little bit more for tires. Right. That's going to be tricky. They're going to be very interesting. Hey, look at all Amazing stuff. Yes. Yeah, so anyways, um, any anything special coming up on Suburban or anything like that? Uh, nothing yet. Everything's okay. running pretty good. Um, I think we need to on the Suburban. Next thing, kind of got to do is um, look at whether to engine. do yeah transmission, maybe engine. We kind of want to do the blackout, so right. need to paint the bumpers. I read up a few ideas on the uh, how to rough up the bumpers uh -huh. and uh, oh, kind of yeah. sand the chrome. We got a nice uh, new 5.0 Mustang behind us. Oh, Get that yeah. cherry kind of maroon color. Yep. Man, it looks good. That, it's got the awesome. wrong wheels though. It's got the, the polished aluminum. The graphite oh, yeah. or the it black the looks much better with that right. dark color. Yeah. And that's why I thought with the purple on the Firebird going mm -hmm. with the, uh, it's a convertible too. Oh, that's pretty. But yeah, it's the wrong wheels. Yep. That's pretty. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like that color. So that's the, the with see with the darker wheels though, that color pops out. It does, it does pop out a lot better. But I think so. the purple with these makes them pop out real Yeah, a It looks bit really too. good. So like the overall paint scheme yeah, on exactly. this it looks, it looks so a lot better. So the bumpers on the suburban, we tried some um uh the vinyl peel paint yeah. just to the side, you know, if I would like that look. And now it's starting to peel off and look stupid. <laughs> which what which is vinyl wrap is supposed to do. Yeah. That was a nice signal. Love that signal. So anyways, uh, you know, get need to get the plastics off the front and rear bumpers yep. and then rough it up with some sandpaper, um, self etching primer, and then probably a good wet sand. Mm. And then hit it with some, um, probably some Rust-Oleum uh, satin black finish. Ooh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Because we got the wheels vinyl coated, uh, the graphite color. Right. And we may or may not stick with those wheels. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. The tires are decent so far. That's nice. But if we do any trips next year, we're going to go new tires. So. All right. <laughs> but yeah, cool. the truck, uh, the truck needs a bath. <laughs> That's about it. Alrighty, so yeah, 
So there's the uh, car update, guys. And then here is the channel update. So coming up in October. Look, the YouTube channel is going to be two years old. Yeah, that's crazy. Two. Look, two, oh yeah, there it is. Wow, in white. <laughs> that is too much curl. Way too much curl. But anyways, guys, two years of being on YouTube, over 200 YouTube videos, and almost to 100 subscribers, which is awesome. Thank you guys for subscribing and watching our videos. So thank you Each for that. Each and every one of you, you know who you are. Yeah. And we appreciate you watching our videos. We do. So thanks, guys. And also, uh, so anyways, in October, guys, it's going to be um, throwback because we had the original um, Firebird front end rebuild mod video series yeah. that we did in 2018. I took that off because um, there was some audio and visual issues with the video, so I took that off to re-edit it. And part of that was because there was filming editing issues at the beginning. Filming editing issues, yeah. From me from you yeah so anyways guys so we uh, took that off to fix it so that series is returning in October so you're going to be seeing two videos go up on Wednesdays and Fridays just to get the um, entire um, playlist and series up um, in the same month so that's going to be kind of a busy October but um, watch that uh, video series when you can and uh, it's pretty good and um if you're not tired of uh, front end rebuilds yeah. just yet, just yet, we have another one coming up. Yeah, our sisters in Pala, 2000 Pala, yeah, needs the front end rebuild. So that's probably going to either happen <laughs> before Thanksgiving right. or the week after Christmas. Yeah. There's a key on the road with a uh, no, that's not a good thing. No. So, and, and if also you're the, new to the channel yeah. or old to the channel, yeah. we hope to eventually do more on our vehicles than just and suspension <laughs> rebuild components. Yeah. Maybe. Although that is very useful and needful to yeah. do. Yeah. And also, too, uh, we got the truck front end rebuild. I haven't even gotten that all the way done yet. Yeah. It's still in the editor, guys. That's going to be... Whew, I am cutting and weaving that one down to uh, size because yeah. it's long because uh, the truck was very troublesome but anyways I'm working on that truck. so anyways guys all those videos coming up uh, I'm not sure when the truck series is going to be done That's, that one's taking a while because that was a lot of footage but anyways guys um, thanks for uh, sticking with us thanks for watching and that will be it for this roadcast so thank you oh, for coming along yeah oh, the whole okay. thing we are not done anymore this is nope, it this, is it. this wow. is it so uh, thanks for watching that particular segment and also to the you those of you on anchor who listen to the whole thing thank you for listening and we will see you and speak to you and you will hear us next time on the combustion gas roadcast bye bye